You are listening to a message from Victory. We hope it inspires you to honor God and make disciples in your community. Today we're going to look at the song of Zechariah. Uh, last Wednesday I was with my former senior pastor, Pastor Gilbert Foliente. Uh, pastor Gilbert, yung nasa kanan ka po, yung mukhang rockstar. And I had the privilege of working with him for 10 years in the university belt. For one decade, I was able to serve under his leadership. There's a lot of good things I can say about him. But one of the things I really admire about Pastor Gilbert is a very positive, fun-loving person. Uh, There's just something about his spirit that when he enters a room, even if it's silent, Almost instantly, the environment will change. All of a sudden, there will be uh, people will be smiling and people will be talking and laughing, and he can change the atmosphere in a room. Meron ba kayo, meron ba kayong ganong kilala? Yung pagdumating siya nagtatawa na na lahat. Hindi dahil nakakatawa siya, no? But there's just something about the spirit of, of that person, and it's so good to be with people. Like him, I want to emulate that because personally, my uh, my personality is I'm more serious. I have to be conscious of uh, trying to be energetic when I'm around other people. If you don't know him, because last Wednesday when when we're together, we're we're trying to uh, talk about some of the great memories that we had, uh, fun memories, and also there was a point in our conversation where we talked about some of the most challenging uh, moments in our time in the university belt. There was even a time I was telling him, I think in 10 years, I've seen him only once when he was so down and discouraged. First time. Because I know him. He lost his mom when, when we were in new belt. He lost his dad and... A lot of things happened, but this one, this was the lowest. I know that because we had uh, private conversations and uh, I know him. Now, if you don't know him and you will just look at him, you might think that everything is always going right in his life. Parang buti pa tong tao na to, walang problema. You know, one time after preaching in the university belt, one student approached me and sabi niya, Pastor Ryan, buti ka pa, wala kang problema. <laughs> Wish ko lang. Because everyone has problems. How many of you agree with that? All of us. Single people, married people, we all have problems. Young people, old people, rich, poor, black, White, skinny, not so skinny. <laughs> I mean, lahat tayo, even me, some of my friends would tell me, you know, past, I, I will not tell you my friends here, pastors, pastor friends. Sasabi nila, buti ka pa, hindi ka tumataba. Ako naman, pwede mo ba akong bigyan ng konting taba? <laughs> you know, there are things I cannot do, there are things I cannot wear simply because of... So, Wala talagang content. Lahat tayo may pinagdadaanan. You know, even the person that you're so jealous with, probably, that if you look at that person, isipin mo, grabe, that's the dream life. That's the life I want to live. But even that person, he may not be going through what you're going through, but that person is going through something as well. There's not a person in this room that escapes problems. All of us 
have problems. That's the same with the character in the story that we're going to read today. Zechariah, a man of God, a minister who works in church, but even him and his wife, they're carrying something. On the outside, they are serving God. It seemed like everything is okay. But inside, there was confusion. Inside, there was discouragement. Inside, there's pain. And maybe that's some of you here today as well. Maybe you're smiling and dress well. But it's the same thing. So I'd like us to look at this story because I believe God has a message for us today. Luke chapter 1, verse 5 and 7. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child. Because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. You know, in verse uh, 6, it says, they were both righteous, they were blameless. But verse 7 said they had no child. You know, sometimes when we read the Bible, because uh, it has no emotion, sometimes we don't have that rich understanding of the context or the history of the scripture that we're reading. Sometimes we don't feel the full weight of the situation. But when they said that they had no child, it was a very serious problem that they had. During their time, if you don't have children, if your wife is barren, that would mean... No descendants for you. It means uh, your lineage will be cut. It will stop on you if you're the husband. Nobody will carry your name and continue your legacy. Parang tapos na yung story mo. For them, that was big. Because they're, they are big about the descendants and the lineage. Next one is because during their time, because of how the community was set up, there's no hospital in every town, there's no insurance, and all of these things that it's very normal today, during their time, the more children they have, the more secured their future will be. Because that would mean there will be more children who will protect for them from raiders. There will be children who will work for them when they cannot work anymore and they cannot do planting and fishing and all this manual labor thing, the more children you have, the more children who will take, take care of you. If you don't have children, no children equals a very bleak future. Last thing, probably the, the hardest is this battle with guilt and shame. Because oftentimes, barrenness was associated with curse. And sin, especially on the part of the women. So pag meron hong walang may anak doon, ang usap-usapan at ang paniniwala ng mga tao, siguro may ginagawa kayong hindi tama. Siguro may kasalanan kayo. Nagsiserve pa naman sa church. Siguro banal tingnan, pero behind the scene, they are doing something bad. That's why they are not given children. So can you imagine battling with with these things and uh, thinking about what other people might be thinking about them. There's guilt, there's shame. That's the reality every single day. When they go to bed, when they wake up, this is their reality. I don't know your reality, but this was their reality. But God vindicated them because in verse 6, 
the Bible says they were both righteous and they were blameless, but they had no child. Meaning what God was basically saying is that the reason they don't have a child is not because they are not right with God. The reason they don't yet have a child is not because they don't pray enough or they don't read the Bible enough or it's, it's not because they have little faith. No, that's not the reason. The reason they don't yet have a child is because God has a bigger purpose for their lives. It's not just to give them a child. They just want a son, but God wants to give them John. Because the child they're going to have was the fulfillment of the prophetic word 400 years earlier in the book of Malachi that someone will come in the power and spirit of Elijah who will prepare the way for the Lord and that would be John. Sa mind nila, Lord, isang anak lang, isang anak lang, sabi niya, no, I'm not just going to give you a son, I'm going to give you John. Lord, we just want to have a small family. No, I, my desire for you is not just for you to have a family. I want to use your family to usher in the kingdom of God. Many times we just, what we're asking for from God is just small. When God's, God has a bigger agenda and plan for our lives. Kung tayo lang, ano? To be honest, ako minsan parang, I just want to get over with the, the situation. Ako gusto ko lang, breakthrough na, Lord. Fast forward na to. Answered prayer na. I mean, I just want to fast track everything and get to the answered prayer. As I don't want to stay as long as possible in this process of getting there. How many of you can relate with me? Di ba parang, Lord, wag na lang. But you know, I believe God's message for us today is that our problems serve a purpose. It's not an accident. God is allowing you to go through it nang wala lang, no? I believe God is a maximizer. I'm the kind of person na medyo, I don't know kung meron nag-take po sa inyo ng strength finder test. But according to that test, it will tell you how your brain is wired and how you process information. And my theme, number two, is focus. Medyo, para akong kabayo minsan yung may nakat, isa lang nakikita ko, you know? I, I just go from point A to point B. I just go to one place to accomplish one purpose. That's it. Kung pupunta ako ng SM para bumili ng glue, yun lang ang gagawin ko. Focus. Nothing else. Go there, accomplish the mission, and then go back to the cave. My wife is different. Everywhere we go, she makes sure we accomplish more. Sasabihin niya, oh, pupunta na rin tayo doon, daanan na rin natin si, gawin na rin natin to, bit-bitin mo na rin. Isa lang yung mission ko ngayon, sampu na. There's just, ilan sa'yo dito may kilala kayong ganon? Ilan sa'yo dito ganon kayo? maximizer, sayang ang gas, sayang ang biyahe. So, and sometimes, it's irritating, to be honest. I can say that because my wife is not here. <laughs> parang, nagugulo ako eh, yung focus theme ko, parang, wala sa schedule to, wala sa plano to, and it's just hard to accommodate and be flexible about these things. But God is like my wife. He's a maximizer. Hindi siya isang bagay lang na, Lord, please give me the financial breakthrough. Hindi lang financial breakthrough iniisip ni Lord. God has a bigger agenda for your life. God wants to use not just our success, but even our failures. 
God wants to use not just our gains, but even our pains. God wants to use not just our health, but even our sickness. In whatever situation we're in, the Bible says, in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him. Whom He called according to His purpose. God is always doing something in our lives. But sometimes we're too focused and we miss the other things that God wants to do. Because God is not just concerned about meeting our needs. How many of you know God is concerned about your needs? And that's what we're going to see later on. But God is not just concerned about our needs. God wants to also use us in our situation to accomplish His purpose. Then God sent an angel named Gabriel to Zechariah to announce the good news. They'd been praying for many years. They became old. The Bible says they are already old. Somehow, Zechariah had given up on the dream of having their own child. Nagpipray pa rin siya, pero hindi na siya as expectant. Nagpipray pa rin siya, pero hindi na siya ganun in faith. Pwede pala yun, ano? Pipray ka lang, Lord, I pray for healing. <gasps> Jesus' name. We just pray for these things because it's the right thing to do. But in our heart, the faith is no longer there. That's what happened to Zechariah. That's why when the angel appeared and announced the good news that finally your prayer will be answered, your wife will be pregnant, you will be a dad, you're expecting somehow that Zechariah will respond with excitement, but he did not. He was a skeptic. He was a skeptical. He said, I'm not sure. I'm old. My wife is old. He was doubting. How can that be? In fact, in Luke 19.20, sorry, went ahead. And the angel answered, I'm Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God. And I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their time. He was not in faith. He was doubting. How credible is this news? How sure you are? I'm old. How can this... There's just so many questions. And so God had to silence him. He was put on mute. And some commentary said, hindi lang siya naging mute, para nabingi rin siya. That's why people have to talk to him using sign language. His interaction was limited. And he was not able to speak for nine months. God had to uh, force him to be silent. But in that period of silence, in nine months, God did something in his heart. That became not an idle period of his life. It actually became one of the most significant moments of his journey with God. It became a turning point because after that nine months of silence, he came out a different person. His faith was stronger. All of us need a moment of silence as well. We all need time alone with God. Too many times, uh, because we're so used to living a 24-7 way of life where we are always connected, always online, always busy, and always with other people, sometimes it feels weird for us to disconnect and be alone by ourselves with God. It's a struggle. We're always distracted. We're constantly stimulated. And for us to be 
quiet and not doing anything and be still before God, that's something that we are not used to. We fight being alone. But if we are to encounter God in a greater way, if, God, if we want God to do a deeper work in our hearts, we need to learn to have time alone with God. We need to learn to disconnect. Because if we're always online and if we're always with other people, we will fail to have that moment of reflection with God. I want to encourage you, even in this season, to have time in the Word and prayer. And now we came to Zechariah's song. Because after that moment of silence, he had a revelation of who God is and what God is doing in their life. And that inspired him to write this song. A revelation of who God is and what He came to do for us. And here's the song in Luke 1, verse 67 to 75. And his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, for He has visited and redeemed His people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of His servant David as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to us, to our fathers, and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And in this song, he mentioned uh, a picture of Christ's coming. He gave us the good news of Christmas. Out of his experience, and after what Christ has done, God has done for them, he had this revelation of who God is. You know what's amazing is that if you read this song, there's actually two more verses that I did not read anymore. But the whole song, if you... Read the lyrics, if you will. There's a little a portion that he wrote mentioning about John. You might think, parang tagal mong hinintay tong prayer na to. Now it's answered. Kung susulat ka ng kanta, you would expect that the song will be dominated by uh, thoughts about the answered prayer. But that's not what we'll see. Actually, there are only two verses that mention John, but the rest is about the greatness of God. He was in awe. He was amazed of what God has revealed to him. And here's one thing that, uh, uh, things that God revealed to him. First one, he said, and God visited and redeemed these people. You know, the, the word visited and the original Greek word, for us, sometimes when we say, I want to visit, Borakai, uh, gusto ko mag-visit sa Europe, the idea is for us to go there and have selfies or groupies. It's just to have good memories. But the idea here of God visiting His people is the idea of going on site to see the exact situation with the intention of doing something about it. Pupunta ako dyan para makita ko ano ba talagang sitwasyon so that I can do what is needed to be done. And that's what Zechariah realized. That the God we serve is a God who cares. 
And that might be a simple statement, but the implication can change our lives. If we understand and if we believe that God actually cares for us. Lord, that you actually hear us, you, you actually see us, you actually know what's happening in our lives and you're actually doing something about it. You know, sometimes, especially when things are not going the way we want it to, to, to be, sometimes we wonder if God really cares. But if you know God really cares, it will do something about your confidence in Christ. You know, for lack of better illustration, try to imagine if, imagine if our president, the most powerful person in our nation, would go to you every day to your house or where you work, go to you just to check on you, know exactly how you're doing, what your situation is, and do something about it. Not only that, he sends you a message every day, calling you, texting you, assuring you he's committed to you, that he cares for you. What will happen? How many of you here, if that happens to you, that will make you feel really valued and secured? Somebody who's powerful will do that to me. Of course, that will never happen to you. Our president will never do that to you, but that's exactly what God does for his people. He's powerful, he's big, but he's mindful of you. That's what David realized also. And here's what he wrote in Psalm 8, verse 3 to 4. Finally, nung sink in kay David, sabi niya, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, when I try to meditate on how big and great and majestic you are, Lord, that you are real, that you, are real you exist, that you're alive, he said, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Who am I, Lord, that you would think of me every day? That you would actually listen to me when I pray? That you would actually care about my situation? That you would actually do something about it personally? The more we understand and believe that, the more it will change us. And the, the more it will make us stand in awe of who God is. That's the good news of Christmas. That's a revelation that Zechariah received. We actually serve a God who cares. Next one is the word redeemed. He said, for he has redeemed us. And the word redeemed means deliverance or liberation. And it conveys a, the, the picture of a person who's being set free from imprisonment because of debts he cannot pay. Yung picture po nung redeem, parang somebody paying the full ransom money, the price for the debts owed by the person. He's, he's incarcerated in the dark cell, cannot go out, cannot move on with his life, separated from the important relationships that, that he had. Wala siya magawa kasi nakakulong siya eh. May utang siya. Miserable. Then somebody came and actually settled the debts, paid in full, so that he can walk free. The Bible says that's the picture of what Christ has done for us. In Colossians chapter 
2, verse 13 to 14, And you who were dead in your trespasses, in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with Him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of death that stood against us with its legal demands. This He set aside, nailing it to the cross. I like that idea the picture that the Bible gave us of Jesus saving us is of Jesus walking not in a hospital but in a morgue because we are not simply sick, we are dead to our sins. Sabi sa Bible, hindi ka lang may sakit. You know, if we have a wrong diagnosis of our condition, we will never be able to appreciate what Christ has done for us on the cross. Kung feeling natin may sipon lang tayo, Parang okay naman ako. I'm a basically a good person. I'm not really that bad. I may not be perfect, but okay, kami, okay ako kay Lord. I'm basically a good person. If that's your diagnosis of your condition, if you feel like may konting sipon at lagnat lang ako, then what Christ has done on the cross, dying on the cross, giving His life for you and me, is not something you will be able to appreciate all the days of your life. Parang okay naman, namatay ka for me para gumaling ako sa lagnat ko. Thank you na rin. But the Bible says you're not just sick, you're dead. And that is the most hopeless situation that you and I can be in. Because when you're dead, there's nothing more you can do. The Bible says we're dead, we're bankrupt, we're hopeless, forever lost, we're destined to die once. And after that, we're going to leave everything behind and we're going to spend eternity without Christ in hell. That is our destiny. And life is very short. I still remember the time nung na-hold up ako. Tinutukan ako ng dalawang lalaki, ng balisong, isa sa harap, isa sa... It was just an ordinary day. I was commuting and I'm at the back of an FX taxi when that happened. And all of a sudden, in a snap of a finger... I was face to face with the possibility of my life ending that day. Life is short. It's amazing how quick it can happen. Buti na lang. Nag-martial arts ako. Hindi ko pinatulan. Sabi ko, pasensya na kapawala kayo. I was able to get out alive. But after that experience, you know, I was just thankful that I'm alive. At that moment, I realized what's really most important. That's life. What good is it for a man, the Bible says, if he gained the whole world and yet loses his soul? What, could a, what, man could ex, what can a man give in exchange for his soul? None. That's why what Christ has done for us is something that we are ought to be thankful about every day of our life. Amen? Zechariah had a revelation. He said, for God has redeemed us. God has provided the solution for the greatest problem of man. Our greatest problem is not money or relationship or business or grades or marriage or children. Our greatest problem is sin and death and that's exactly what Christ has done for us. Pay, our se- pay the penalty for our sins and give us the gift of eternal life. How many of you are grateful for what Christ has done for you? Christ has redeemed us. Nung na-hold up ako, pag-uwi ko, daming nawala sa akin. 
Pero pag-uwi ko sa akin, buti na lang, Lord. Walang kwenta yung mga nawala sa akin sa binigay mong second chance for me. It's nothing. You know, in light of what Christ has done for us, everything else in our lives, our problems, our struggles, fade in the background. All of a sudden, wow, Lord, you're a great God. Last thing, and then we're going to end, is that he talked about the horn of our salvation. Zechariah said, you are the horn of our salvation. And horn represents power and strength. For animals like bulls, they use their horn to defend themselves. That's their, that's their strength. That's their power. And Zechariah had a revelation. He said, Jesus, you are the source of my strength. In spite of everything that he and his wife went through, they had a revelation. They, they had this understanding that no matter what comes their way, they will be able not only to survive, but they will be able to win the fight because the Lord is the strength of their life. And that renewed this faith, and that renewed His strength. You know, there's a book I read several years ago, the title is Fight, Fighting the Battle That Matters Most. And that's our relationship with God, our relationship with our family, our calling, what God has called you to do, and the promises of God for your life. That's what we fight for. And some of you here, maybe you're aware of it or not, you are in a fight. We are all fighting and we have an enemy who wants to take us out. But here's the good news. Because Christ came in Christ, we can do all things through Him who gives us strength. No matter how big the fight, greater is God who is with us than He that is in the world. It gives us hope. It gives us faith. It gives us strength. Some of you here are fighting for your marriage. Some of you here, you're fighting for your calling. You're fighting for uh, an area, for breakthrough in an area of sin and struggle in your life. God wants you to keep fighting because you're destined to win that fight. For those of you here, maybe you're here and you've already given up the fight on the fight. You've settled, you surrendered, you stopped fighting. God wants to renew your strength. And God wants you to stand up and fight the good fight of faith. Because Jesus is the strength of your life. Amen? Zechariah said, Thank you, Lord, for you have visited and redeemed us. You are the horn of our salvation. You know the purpose why God wants to clothe you with strength and power? Zechariah said, so we can serve you without fear. God wants you to serve His purposes without fear. It's only possible if Christ is your Redeemer. If you know God is for you, not against you. And if God is the source of your strength. Let's just pray. Father God, we thank You for today. We thank You for Your Word. God, we thank You for the hope rising up in our hearts tonight. Thank you for reminding us of who you are. Reminding us of what you've done for us. So Lord, I pray for us today. I pray that we will be secured of the reality that you are mindful of us. That you are for us, not against us. 
Sometimes we doubt your presence. Sometimes we question your intention. Sometimes we wonder if you're really working in all things for our good. But Lord, thank you today for you are renewing our faith. Lord, we trust and declare that you are good and your love endures forever. Father, thank you for reminding us of what you've done for us on the cross. Providing us salvation, canceling our debts, paying the penalty for our sins so we can be made alive in Christ. You, Lord God, answered and provided solution for our greatest problem. Everything else we face here on earth fades in the background. It's nothing compared to what you've done for us. Father God, I thank you even for renewing the strength of those who are weary and tired. God, we thank you that you are the strength of our lives. We praise you, we honor you. Thank you for listening to this message. For more messages like these from other Victory Centers, please visit victory.org.ph slash resources slash podcasts.